if I could talk to the ones that were maybe feeling insecure, I'd say, hey, girl, he loves you so much. You both have needs. He wants to meet these needs in a safe, respectful way. He could have met these needs in a ton of disrespectful ways, but he chose to go to a place where he has to pay way more than he'd have to on the street to do this in a safe, legal way. He knows I'm tested. He knows he can't get anything because there'll be no fluid exchange and there'll be barriers every step of the way. And honestly, I think he'd want you to be happy too. So is there something you want to explore? Maybe you could think about if your needs are getting met. And I know that you guys are going to have great energy when you bring it back together after getting your needs met. And it's all love. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Chick, a Soulfire production. I heard that you have a deck. That's right. E-C-K. The (laughs) sexiest deck alive. And uh, You got it. Yeah, I think it would be really groovy to just... I don't know. See what you got. You know, what, what happens? How do you do a reading with your deck? Hell yeah. So I start knocking on it to clear the energy of whatever the past thing was. And it's so crazy because even as I did that, I caught the reflection of a card at the bottom that wants to be seen. So the way I do readings is sometimes like a card will jump out. Sometimes the client will pick a card that they feel drawn to or I'll pick one. But just now what happened was we just, it caught my eye. It caught my eye as I was shuffling. And this happens to be the shortest card in the deck. Leap of faith. Take it. It's pretty straightforward. So that's a message. Thank you. That's definitely a message for us recording this to just go for it, especially because this is my first interview talking about sex work. So wow. It is a leap of faith for me. Yeah, I love that. So would you consider that our card and everyone who's listening yeah, card? Absolutely. And whenever and wherever they're listening, because the cards don't lie. So somebody needed to hear that. Somebody needed to hear, just take the leap of faith. Don't overthink it. Yeah, I love it. And I always can use and, those even kind of seemingly like, well, of course, take the leap of faith. Yeah, but... Sometimes I need to, re- I need the reminder if I'm going to do it, that little extra nudge. Oh, exactly. Exactly. And man, making these cards was so fun. They're all digital collage. It's erotic Oracle. So they're, a lot of them are a oh, way more aggressive than the one we pulled. <laughs> okay. I'm like, maybe we should pull one more and see how sexy it gets. Let's just see. Let's um, just see. Okay. That's the one that like, you know, extra nudge. And now here we have. And now here we have a pull. So this one, we have some nudity. I don't know what you what all you use the video for this for, but you might have to censor. I'm not sure. No, that's all right. Relax your ass. Relax your ass. So this card is also about relaxing. Leap of faith is like trust. And then relax your ass is about not trying to control so much. So what it says is literally stop being a tight ass. Try sticking a finger up your butt in the shower. If that sounds crazy to you, you especially need to try it. There's a whole world of pleasure in there. So tap that. Relax to receive. Oh my goodness. I need these cards right away. 
right i'm like i need to mail you a deck alexa i, I will love i would i'll mail you love a deck, a deck. and right. we, i don't have enough decks my husband will tell you you know if you were here be like how oh, many no. only 20 like baby needs only- she needs another deck <laughs> Something like that. Though, when I really latch onto one, it's like my deck for a while. I go everywhere with it. Yeah, yeah. I totally get that. Besides my own deck, I love the Isis deck. I have that one She's too. been calling to me. You do? Nice. And then the Goddess Moon Oracle deck. Mm, sounds yummy. I don't it's- know if I have that one. I do have one that's got the word goddess in it. <laughs> I mean, right. <laughs> yeah, I've been digging the, light, the, the Seers of the Light or the Light Seers Oracle deck. Which is oh, major, cool. minor, arcana, and then the uh, some extra. Also oracle. Yeah, I think there's some extra oracle-y ones in there. Maybe. It might just be the major. Nice. Not. But either way, nice. I love decks and I love the messages. And I think some people get a little bit kind of weirded out. You know, I'm a recovering Catholic. so <gasps> Myself included. So, <laughs> yes, you know, I remember, me too. I remember opening the paper when I was a kid and seeing where the horoscope was. And I knew that I was a little... Oh. Right. I Mm. knew I was a Leo, but I knew I wasn't supposed to read it, but I'd read it anyway. And it was kind of like masturbation was at the time, like self-pleasure was at the time. It was like all these, I was collecting all these things that I knew I wasn't supposed to do, but like felt really intriguing and yummy to do. And now look at me. It's kind of crazy, but it makes sense looking backwards. (laughs) That's exactly what I say. Oh my gosh. We're the same person. I say we're recovering from the PTCD, post post traumatic Catholic disorder, and we're fucking the shame away. Mm. That was so instilled. Same journey. I discovered masturbation so young. I definitely didn't know what I was doing, but there was a hose in the shower bath that we had and like figured out that that water felt really good super early, like on like six years old. And it wasn't really sexual, you know, it was just the body feeling good feelings. Yeah, I was the same. It was uh, not the hose. It was the like main spout. Yes. But would you like cuff it to make it? Yeah. No. Or would you scoot under it? I would scoot under it because I was yes. maybe I was very young, too. I had to have been maybe four or five when I figured this out. And I think what wound up happening was my body at the time was so tiny that I when I sat to turn the water on, I think it just hit the bottom of the tub <gasps> and splashed back at me. And then eventually and it I figured, stimulated you. Yeah. And then eventually I figured just get closer to it. And then just actually lay back, right? Just lay back and there's the warm water and your hair's floating and it's just so lovely and nice. Yeah. Mm. My adult 34 year old behinds cannot do this anymore, but I (laughs) fondly remember being able to when I was much younger. And of course it wasn't sexual. It was so just pleasure filled. It was like this sweet intimate time that I would get to have with myself. And I don't know if I innately just knew it was private. It was something that I needed to do by myself because I knew that I wasn't supposed to show the adults that I was doing this. That didn't stop me from showing other friends how to do it though. (gasps) Oh, that's fun. Oh my gosh. See, kids just explore. I was doing that too. I was like hiding it at home and I don't know why I was keeping it private, but I was also rolling around with girlfriends and figuring out that we could rub against each other and feel really good. Yeah. And that's all that it was. Let's rub against each other and feel really good. And really it was only when I grew up and then I was enrolled in Catholic school that I then Mm. found out what I was doing. And where you were going, which is hell. Right. Exactly. (laughs) If more of that's in hell, I don't know what to do with myself. 
know? Or are we already there? I like it. I'm really enjoying it. Like <laughs> I still rub up against people and it feels and fucking it feels great. great. Yeah, it it's does. So it good. feels good. Yes. Yes. Now sometimes it's annoying how good it feels because like I'm single, so I'm managing, <sighs> you know, finding the right bodies to rub up against. Yeah, and- totally. I know that place. I know that place for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm five years into my relationship with my now husband. We've been married a little over a year. And so now it's, now it's like, how do we continue rubbing up against each other and liking it and wanting Mm -hmm. and wanting to do it and, you know, actively seducing each other and showing up for each other and being actively and proactively trying to create a relationship like we have not had in the past, because in the past it's been like, let's bump up against people. If we're just going to keep this train going, we're just like rubbing up on people. But then it's kind of like, it just loses its excitement over time and that kind of thing. And so Mm -hmm. we, we're really active, like how do we make sure that we keep doing this? And is it possible that we want to do this with maybe other people while we are in That's our... what I was going to... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I even think to so us, bring that up. the thing that Jordan says all the time is the gift is in the conversation. The gift is in the conversation. So mm. if we don't even get to actually playing with others again, because we kind of have here and there throughout our relationship and we haven't in a long time. And so the fact that we just bring it up and we know that it could be a possibility if we wanted to do it, re-inspires That us. helps, right? Yes. Oh, I've so found that in my openness in different relationships that even having the permission is sometimes all you need. The permission that there could be this little extra marital whatever or extra relationship if you're not married. I am so French. I'm like, (laughs) we need to always have something with flirtation going on. Mm -hmm. It's so healthy. It's so, I don't know, that energy that we exchange with people in flirtation even, or, Mm -hmm. you know, more than flirtation. It's so healthy and important. I agree. And to me, it just seems so silly for us to only do that up to a certain point when, until you find air quotes, the one, and then you never get to feel that again. It's something so unique and so special. And to me, I'm like, magic is real. When I feel those things, I'm like, magic is real. Biochemistry too. Totally. And, 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 (laughs) yes, you know, but it's like, I don't want that to be the only time I ever feel that is with you. And of course your unique Jordan, if you're listening to this episode, because Jordan yeah. listen to the episodes that he's not actually on at times. Yeah. Like you are special. You're so special that I married you. And when it comes to humans, like connection and pleasure and all of that is not unique, so to speak. Like we're built for those things. Mm. And so Yeah. I like just having That's the, very the thought true. and the consideration that we might be able to dabble in that kind of limerence, the glimmer of the limerence, you know? Oh, yes. It's such a beautiful thing. And like, like you said, the biochemistry, that shit is so real. Mm -hmm. The scent attraction between people that you don't consciously know, but it's like that physical. And also I've been noticing like the taste of someone's fluids. If Mm -hmm. they taste right to you, Mm -hmm. in my experience, that's when it's a good fit. Like if something tastes wrong either, okay, that person could be going through something, but like when someone's shit tastes, when someone's like come taste good, yeah. that's a good fit. Yeah. Or like when their body tastes good, when their sweat is mm-hmm. like, you don't mind being up against it, next to it, yes. next to it. And I know that some people are just not really fluids type of people, 
yeah. where they're at on their journey right now. <laughs> you know, maybe yeah. at some point, I always like to leave that, like the doors cracked open, you know? Yeah. Um, but if yes. that's you, then maybe she pulled loosen your ass. Yeah. Relax, relax your ass. <laughs> relax your ass. You do not need to stress. You don't need to try so hard to control. Let life unfold. Mm. Mm. Well, let's I feel see. like you get that. I'm working on it. You know, it's perpetual. Okay. Perpetual it is journey. perpetual. You're right. So, You're right. so I would love to double click on something that you just said, which is more going into your own journey and your own life mm-hmm. and where you find yourself these days and all the questions yes. and the directions that I could take a conversation with you, Gigi, it's very colorful. And so <gasps> just like my deck, everything's rainbow yes. over here, baby. Yeah. Yeah. It's so colorful. And I just would love to do you and your essence justice by having a conversation that is kind of like the rainbow. Yeah. Yeah. Should we start with red then? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Roy G. Biv. So, you know, where you find yourself now and how your life is unfolding and things that you've maybe learned along the way. Let's get into it. God, my life right now is so good, Alexa. I'm finally living it for myself and enjoying it for myself. Coming from, yes, like coming from this ultra religious background, it was always about living life for my parents' ideals because the religion's ideals were my parents' ideals and none of those were mine. And my journey has really been one of like fucking the shame away to the point where I feel like it's really eradicated from my body at this point. I have fear still. I have fear that comes up. Like I'm even scared about talking about this because I'm scared my religious family will worry about me. And the thing is, they don't need to because my life has never been better. Like my mental health, my sexual health, my financial health and wealth have never been better. And yeah, basically I'm single. I have some committed ongoing open things. I have one where I'm the dominant and the partner is a submissive who worships me. And then I have a roster of like dick and pussy. (laughs) Like I have a roster of awesome people. There's an A string, there's a B string. Sometimes people get benched. But like, I get to have casual sex in my 30s, casual, safe, consensual sex. And then I, on top of all that, I have really awesome sex work in my OnlyFans and actually in person at a brothel, a legal brothel. So like, as a double Scorpio, I don't know, I'm just living my full sexual dreams right now. And I feel like I'm doing it for all the women who like, can't or are too scared to. Yummy. All right. Yeah. So we've only had God, a couple. Good. Yeah, we've only had a couple conversations on the show over the last few years that involve sex work, and I'm excited mm. about this one specifically because you say legal sex work, and I think some yeah. people because I actually had by the point of this recording, I mentioned to you that Texas is currently frozen over, and I had a friend whose power went out that knocked on the door and is like, "Can I grind my coffee beans? Can I use your power because his power's out." He's like, so what are you up to today? I'm like, well, I'm actually getting ready to get on a podcast. And he's like, oh yeah, cool. Who's it with? And I I said, Gigi. And what's the topic going to be about? And I'm like, we're going to talk about sex work. And he's like, oh, well, is she nervous? You know, is she nervous to talk about this? You know, like, Uh like, 
is that kind of like talking about how you're a drug dealer on a podcast? And I was like, no, 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 or it's not that meaning, meaning it's a thing that's illegal and you're speaking about it. And there could potentially be some kind of legal implication. Like he really was curious and like, how does that work? And so first I would love to hear why you love it so much, because I think some people have this idea that if you're in sex work, that must be your last resort. Exactly. Oh my God. So many people have that idea. So many storylines tell that story that you're in a desperate situation, which hell yeah, that does happen for sure. But I can tell you from experience, it's not the majority, at least not in a legal setting like I've been in. I went into this as an already successful TV writer. (laughs) Like I write for Cosmopolitan. I have acted in commercials and like I didn't have to do sex work. I fucking wanted to like, holy shit. It had been my fantasy since probably age like 14 or 15. So it would have been illegal then. It's good that I waited till I was in my thirties, but I saw movies like Moulin Rouge where Satine played by Nicole Kidman is this powerful courtesan who is a, she's a star And funny enough, she wants to be an actor in the movie. And like, I was an actor and I wanted to be a courtesan. So I was switching with her. (laughs) And then I saw like the show Secret Diaries of a Call Girl, which is based on a book, which is, I think, based on real stories. And all these female, like empowered sex worker characters in those stories, I wanted to, it was attractive to me. It was just so hot to me. The idea that somebody would want you so badly that they'd pay a lot of money to be with you turned me on so much. So it just lived as a fantasy for years and years. And then I started kind of trying it out in like little ways with partners. I had a partner who let me live out my stripper fantasy by inviting over his friends for my birthday so that I could strip in front of them. (laughs) And so that it could be like, I could feel safe. And then I got into sugar dating, which is not technically sex work, but it definitely is in a gray area where there's some money exchange. It's not, it's not a direct act. Like here's sex, here's money, but it's like a dynamic of I'm the sexy one and you're taking care of me. And then I, maybe people have heard sugar daddy or sugar baby but this is sugar dating. So you're not a, an, would you say sugar baby in that? Or would it, it's just sugar dating. Like you're going on a date and I'm the hot thing and you're paying for things. So you would say, okay, the way I've learned the terminology is I would say sugar baby when I've had a sugar daddy or a sugar mommy, I've had all of those situations. And I would say I was like the sugar baby, but I've also gotten into being the dominant. So no, I wouldn't be baby. Right. We wouldn't even really talk about sugar. It's like, it's just, I'm your goddess. Mm-hmm. I'm your dominant. You're my submissive. And it's a little like Findom. Exactly. Like a of yes. Findom is a financial, of- financial domination for those that mm-hmm, don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. I Definitely love it living so a lot of my fantasies. Much. Carry on. <laughs> oh, yes. That makes me so happy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like I, I'm doing it for all of us. Thank you. Hell yeah. And then I heard about the ranch which is what we call the brothel. Um, A lot of them are called ranches. They're these places in Nevada, the only state in the U.S. that has legal sex work, you know, besides stripping, but any, you know, legal, actual sex, sex work. 
and they're safe. They're legal. You pay, I pay taxes. I'm a 1099 worker. Like everything's on the books. People get fingerprinted and their IDs copied. If they're going to become a client of mine, there's security everywhere. Condoms are mandatory. There's no fluid exchange at all. So I'm not risking my health at all. I'm tested every week. Like it's fucking safer than dating in Los Angeles. It's crazy. Like pregnant pause for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's safer than dating in LA. Like I feel more comfortable at the brothel. It's so funny. You do it like a kind of normal bar or club or kind of like hip environment in LA. Well, what do you mean? Like, oh, then I do. Yes. Yes. More comfortable, which I have experienced that as well. I've gone I used to travel a lot and it was actually in Russia, I think in St. Petersburg, I went into like a normal kind of like bar club for an evening. I was there. I used to work on cruise ships. So I was there for an overnight. So I was there for one full night, which is very rare. Um, Mm -hmm. and I remember going to a club and I kept kind of getting groped and like touched and like, you know, that the eye fucking from afar, but it's not Mm -hmm. consensual. It's like all of a sudden I'm like, I've got people staring and it, this wasn't only Russian people. This was all kinds of people from all over. There's like a tourist area. This was, yeah. And then we left and we actually went to a gay club after, and I was way more comfortable. Of course, right? more comfortable. (laughs) Totally, totally. So anyway, as you say that, I'm reflecting on like, yeah, it's been the things that it's just this weird, I don't even know how to describe it. It's backwards. It's like people will think like, this is unsafe. Excuse me, but have you been a woman in this environment? Exactly. This isn't cool. Exactly. And you know what else is backwards that sex work and brothels get right? The power dynamic. Pussy has the power. Mm. Like. It's not even a gender. It's just like dick is cheap and pussy has the power. That is just facts. I'm sorry. Like pussy is so valuable. <laughs> and so in, in the sex work setting, it's like, that's actually how it works there. Like if you come see me at the brothel, if somebody comes to see me at the brothel, they have to win me over mm-hmm. because I have my pick of who I work with. It's not like being an employee. I'm a 1099. I'm running my own business. Mm -hmm. I choose my own clientele. I say no all day long. And I say yes when I really want to. And you have to show me that by, like in my case, you basically have to worship me and pay me a shit ton of money. Yeah. Yeah. And then to me, that's the right, just like the yin yang of power and energy. That's the natural order there. And it's not a gender thing. It's just the masculine and feminine energies. Like the pussy does have the power. It creates life. Like that's just not going to go away. So I love that sex work gets that right. Yeah. Especially there. Cause I imagine the places Mm -hmm. that do not have that kind of setup and that dynamic where it is safe and it's regulated and all of that. I imagine it looks very different in other places. Of course. I will say I've learned from my years there, like stories from other courtesans who've done a lot of research and who are really more like, I would say like sexperts and really versed in the world of sex work and everything. They have said that there's a storyline put out into media about sex trafficking that is exaggerated way worse than it is, especially around sex work, because I guess there's an agenda to keep sex work like covered in shame or something or keep it repressed and obviously I'm on a mission to 
Right. Like just by example, bring empowerment and anti-shame and bring it all into the light more. Yeah. I can imagine that there's a lot of people that would hear what you are saying and would be very challenged in it. And so while I I hear what you're doing and I'm like, yes, girl, get it. You're like, you are living, breathing my erotic novel fantasies, right? It's like, and writing it (laughs) and writing it. And I'm like, go ahead. But that's because I have, and this is my own personal perspective and journey is that I've done a lot of work in myself to be able to celebrate people in their bigness Mm. and their shine, no matter what that looks like and to celebrate them in their sexuality. Occasionally I watch a little like contraction come up where someone is doing something that I wish that I would give myself permission to do, but I see that as a projection. And if I choose to be some kind of way towards them, then I know that that's my shit. That's not their shit, which is a lot of people have a hard time like wrapping their heads around that. But for me, I hear that and I want to celebrate you. I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. Tell me everything. But I imagine that there's a lot of people that would hear that and be Somewhere to the effect of like, what gives you the right to do this and how can you, or they have fear that they would be partnered with someone who would go to see you. They'd be, they would fear that when, that you might represent like what you might represent to them is infidelity and is like a fear of infidelity Mm -hmm. or a fear that they would be hurt. And it isn't anything against you. It's again, their own stuff. And it's, and so I think some people might even think if you all would just, you all right? I'm using my air quotes here. Like you all, all sex workers, all people that, and maybe in their mind go stoop to do this thing. Mm -hmm, If you mm -hmm. just, if it would just be across the board illegal and you'd go away, then infidelity would go away or that that's almost like this. I don't know if this is true, but I piece that together just in like hearing people speak about it. I'd love to hear your perspective on that. Sex and Love Co. is officially back in bed with Yoni Pleasure Palace. We really are a match made in heaven. YPP continuously amazes me. Once a company known for their Yoni eggs and crystal pleasure wands, they have grown into a truly remarkable brand with many services and additional products like glass, steel, and wood pleasure tools for those of you who like a more natural element in your toy collection, as well as waterproof sex blankets. You know, that's one of my faves. Yoni steam herbs and stools, strap-on harnesses, specialty vibrators, anal toys and prostate massages, massagers, water and oil-based lubricants, breast massage oil, menstrual products, and so much more. If you can believe, I have quite a collection of things that fall under the category of adult products. By far, the most impressive part of my collection are the items I have by Yoni Pleasure Palace. Every purchase I make or gift that I give from YPP has an element of sacredness to it. And that truly takes them above and beyond any other brand I've tried or that I've worked with. I've got great news, my love. With our recent recommitment and partnership, Yoni Pleasure Palace has increased my code, that sex chick, from taking 10% off of your order to 15% off your entire YPP purchase. Hell yes. So head to the link in the show notes to add Yoni Pleasure Palace to your collection. And don't forget to use the promo code ThatSexChick at checkout for 15% off your entire order. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought this up because probably 50 to 70% of when I say single men, I mean men who come in alone are not single (laughs) to some degree. And in my philosophy, like what I've kind of 
come up with through experience and my own opinions and my heart and my intuition is that no, there would absolutely be cheating no matter what. And actually it's so much better to do it with a safe legal sex worker because then you're not risking bringing any STI back to your marriage. There's a line, there's a line. Like you had to get fingerprinted, give an ID and give me money to see me. This is not an affair. This is not a love affair. Like you're seeking a service and getting it. You're seeking something for your health that you need and you're getting that need met. And then in my experience, people leave happy and healed and they take that energy back to their relationship, I'm sure. Yeah, but- I think sex work should... Go ahead. No, I like that. I think sex work should. I think sex work should be covered by health insurance. Whoa. Legal sex work. Yeah, I have a lot of disabled clients. Sure. I have aut- severely autistic clients who it would be really challenging for them to find sex in a dating scene. And it is a fucking need. Why shouldn't their health insurance cover it? Right, right. It's a health need. It's so true. And I actually forget Mm -hmm. everything that I was going to (laughs) say. Yeah, because it'll come back. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't need that train of thought necessarily. There's so many. (laughs) This is true. We're all, we're, we're only in the tip of the rainbow, right? Like there's so much here. And I think I want to take just a moment and just say that I might not have insight as to all of the ways people could feel about this, but I want to make sure just so my listeners here, I know I've thought about this in many different directions in many different ways. And I love that this conversation is really illuminating what the realities of sex work are and can be for people. And I want to just say that I know that it could potentially bring some stuff up for people and it might give you those kind of like contractions because there's some maybe distrust that's going on. And and then maybe your relationship, when you consider your relationship, there hasn't been any infraction on trust or anything like that, but there's just that little bit of fear because it is a, a known thing that happens in life and in relationships. And so my encouragement to everyone is to just look at this as the reality. What is real for people? Cause we can be fearful and we can be judgmental and we cannot have trust and all those things. And that is a very kind of shadowy, dark, contracted way to look at things and to live life. And there's way more available. There's just so much more to this, so much more nuance here. Yes. Um, and so, and so just like, just crack open even just a tiny bit. And maybe this is not for you. And maybe your partner's actually listening to this and are like, I wouldn't be interested in that. And that's okay. A big Mm -hmm. reason why we even have this show is to push even just the way you think about life and the way you think about sex, because even in that exercise is your liberation. Mm, Exactly. Because the oppression and the shame that our society has created around sex it infiltrates even your imagination, even the way you imagine things is infiltrated by that. So Alexa's totally right. Even if you just start to crack the door open a little on your thinking around sex or sex work, that's awesome. Yeah. When we were just kind of, I understand it's a little bit of a joke and I totally get it with like, like the pussy is the power and the dick yeah. and the cocks or the dicks or whatever are cheap, which I yes. also get a giggle out of that. And I just want to say any penis owners that, owners that are listening. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I my love, God. I love your body. We love you. Your, oh. your body's not cheap. You're so worthy and valuable. No, no, and no, no, I'm no, saying no. that very playfully. I'm not I'm not kind of poking. But basically, you're saying that more than just men come to see you. Oh, yes. Yeah. Couples, women, non-binary people. I mean, all kinds of people. Unfortunately, the only... Portisans 
like courtesans at this point, at least in the way the brothels are set up, are only women. So it's kind of like straight to me in that way. I wish it could be more queer like I am, but clientele could be anyone. So we got all kinds of people. And, you know, I get a lot of couples and some couples do come in to work out their problems. And I try to suss that out before agreeing to work with them. I try to suss out like, where is their relationship at and how in love are they? I like to be the cherry on top to their love. I just, I don't know. I'd have to make my rates astronomical to do the therapy. But I've heard about bookings where a couple came in and it seemed really great and everything was going well. And this, maybe they hired a courtesan to have a threesome and then someone got jealous and crying happens and like a lot of emotions can come out. But at the same time, I think it's a great place for couples to explore. Yeah. I think what a safe way where like, you know, hopefully there's less chance for jealousy because it's a service. Like there's that line that I described yeah. Yeah. And Something I, the money helps with, I suggest that f- for sure. I suggest that too. That's just like, if we were to have the conversation shift to porn, that all of the people that, that we wind up working with, it's pay, pay, go through the pay barrier, the paywall so that you, yeah. pay, so you slow down so that you ask yourself questions. What am I doing? Let me do this more intentionally. Let me actually choose one that I want to own that I want to, you know, like have rights to, so to speak, not just like quick show one fast forward to the money shot, move on. It's there's so, there's just so much more to the combo where I just basically want to slow people down and say, let's just put this one little barrier here and let's not go into the politics and the, all of the things, let's just put that barrier there and see how your relationship with that thing changes. And I think that for this too, you know, when I have clients that or people in my community rather as well that are curious about threesomes, it's usually, Mm -hmm. you know, what I see the most is male, female relationship and they're most interested in potentially bringing in another female. Yes. This is so common. It's very common. And a lot of times it's the question of like, why do you want to do this? Is there something that is lacking that you perceive to be lacking in your relationship? And if that is the case, then Let's just go there. We're going to take this idea off the table for a little while and just explore that. And let's decide if Mm -hmm. once we finish, not that we could ever finish exploring it, but like once we dig in there, is there real desire for both parties to have this experience or is it one is essentially sacrificing in some way Mm -hmm. in order Mm -hmm. to give the other one something that they think that the other one wants or that the other person is explicitly asking for and is in some way making their energy kind of big about it and maybe even a little bit coercive about it in order to try to get it. And so there's just much more, there's many more layers there, but I do have some that are like really turned on by it, really excited to possibly do it, but they're nervous. They're like, Oh my gosh. gosh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Nerves (laughs) is the number one thing people walk in the door with (laughs) nerves. Holy shit. I'm obviously an intuitive person. I'm a witch. Like I can pick up on all of that. So it's a superpower for me. And it's something that I get to give to all my clients is like, I get to help calm their nerves. And man, I can think of so many threesomes I've had where they just needed me to lead the way and like kind of hold their hands through it. Because once they're in, they're a natural. It's really just your body's instincts taking you through. But the start, oh my God gosh, so nervous. I do like tons of lavender spray, lavender oils. Calm like, everybody down. <laughs> yeah. 
I even have a song bowl that I bring to the ranch because the nerves in that place, man, it's so heightened. It's such an intense experience. And for like, whether it's a couple or just like a solo guy or girl or whatever, it's usually an extremely heightened circumstance for them. Most of the clientele isn't like regulars who do this all the time. Right. Okay. So like the idea of the fact that like all within a day, you know, within a matter of hours, you're going to meet this woman and pay her tons of your money. Who knows how rich you are? You're like, but you're giving her a lot of money and you're going to like see her naked and she's really hot. By the way, there's courtesans of every walk of life. That's one thing I love that the ranch does is they make sure to have a really diverse group of women. There's doctors, there's lawyers, there's grandmothers, there's people from all over the world, like girls fly in to do this work at the place where I work, which I think I can't say because I don't want to legally like ever seem like I'm soliciting, but people have the internet and they can figure it out. Sure. The place where I do this is like considered one of the best and um, it's really high end and just like the women are amazing. Anyways, I got on the tangent because I love the women so much. (laughs) Right. And all shapes and sizes and colors and ethnicities and et cetera. Ages, all ages. Ooh, the older women clean up. It's like, (laughs) okay, let's get into like how healing sex work is because (laughs) that's what I get to see is I get to see how, how women with all different bodies and ages and races and everything and orientations make a ton of money at sex work. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There's people who love every type and like, it's cool because it gives me, it shows me like, and get this. It's like the older women get the hottest guys, the older women. It's like Abercrombie and Fitch models. I'm always jealous. I'm like, Oh my God. Like I want them to be my boyfriends. Like they're so hot. They all want the older women. Uh, It's so great. And I mean, like, I mean, like 50s, 60s when I say that, like 50s, late 60s. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, when you're thinking about cortisons, Mm -hmm. I imagine that that's not the first age range that's thought of. Right. But like, oh, yeah, they're so inspiring. So and then when it comes to the clients, they're all coming with some level of maybe angst or that nervousness that you're talking about. Do you think that that factors into the relief and maybe the release if they were coming kind of up in that way and then they're able to kind of be shamaned uh, through their experience and then they kind of have their hero's journey, right? That has an arc to it with the like big crescendo and the climax. Yeah. Right. And then you've got this person that's like, and you're okay and we're okay. And you see, and that was amazing, you know? Yep whatever that yep. looks like. Right. And then they, I just can imagine like the waves of emotions, the way the energy. the energy, yes. The energy that they walk out of the ranch mm. with compared to what they came in. I would say like, it kind of looks like they got a really good massage or something like their body looks more relaxed. Their whole energy is carried differently. And they, I mean, they float out the door. <laughs> like, yeah, it's so cool because also, that just reminded me. Do you want to remember that question, or I got it. Want to ask it? I think okay, it was remember the one it. that I forgot before. I think it came back. Okay, okay, I was just gonna say it's a really magical place because so much good energy is raised and released there. Mm-hmm. So I use the grounds of the actual land to manifest because mm-hmm. that place is a vortex for good energy. What oh, were you gonna say? So many people probably wouldn't think so. 
especially if right isn't that crazy especially if they thought you know the only kind of sex work that they've ever thought of might be a strip club and so many strip clubs that i've been to have this like this dark shadowy thing going on because because like there i feel like at a lot of them the culture okay for one the women don't get to set their prices there they dance and you throw what you want to throw and then people don't have the precedent or the setup to think I should be throwing a lot. Like, whereas when at a brothel, you do a negotiation to start every interaction. So like you have to go to a special place, you have to negotiate terms and the courtesan sets her prices. So you get to create an environment where it's empowered. Right. And yeah. the person gets so to opt in. It's, I would love to work with it. If you once you get to that place, it reminds me of when I was in luxury sales back in the day. <laughs> That's exactly right? what it is. Because it's, yes. I would, I would love to work with you. I want to work with you. I don't need mm-hmm. you. It's that like, I don't exactly. need you. I want you, yep. but I don't need you. And you just decide if you want me to. You know, like it's, it's this very, like, I'd love to have this amount of money for this service. And if it's not something that's available to you, then I completely understand. And if you want, I want, let's do it or not. You know, like it has that kind of. Alexa, you would kill it at the ranch. That's exactly. I would fucking crush. I don't. That's exactly it. I don't doubt it at all. And actually the madame (laughs) gives you, when you get, you, you shouldn't doubt it. You would do great. (laughs) When you get hired, the madame sends you a reading list and to do research on how to be a good luxury saleswoman. Oh yeah. Cause your pussy is a luxury. Exactly. Make no mistake here. The ultimate luxury. Yeah. So So did you remember your question? I will. And it was in the vein of because it was around the time when we were chatting about people and the people that you see in that of the single men that come mm-hmm. in, they're not actually yeah. 50 to how many percent are not single. And the question yeah. was things that you have learned, like what if, like what message, what messages might you have for the women who might be partnered to the people? Like if you could ever speak to, Hell yeah. yeah, if you could ever speak to a woman that is maybe married to one of the clients that you've seen, like what yeah. would that interaction oh, yeah. be like? God, what a good question. I'm so fucking glad you remember. I remembered. <laughs> yeah. It, it brings up a story of one client who was a great worshiper. He totally got on to like the goddess thing and he had great dirty talk worshiping me. And he, he was a rare exception where his wife knew. And we actually called her and had a conversation with her. She was all, they had an agreement where like when he tr- travels to places that have legal sex work, he's allowed to, they live in South Korea, but he was over here in the States for work. And so I actually did get to talk to one of the wives of these situations. It was awesome. And we just kind of celebrated it. Like she was happy for him. I was happy for everyone was happy for each other. But anyways, if I could talk to the ones that were maybe feeling insecure, I'd say, Hey girl, he loves you so much. You both have needs. He wants to meet these needs in a safe, respectful way. He could have met these needs in a ton of disrespectful ways, but he chose to go to a place where he has to pay way more than he'd have to on the street to do this in a safe, legal way. He knows I'm tested. He knows he can't get anything because there'll be no fluid exchange and there'll be barriers every step of the way. And honestly, I think he'd want you to be happy too. So is there something you want to explore? Maybe you could think about if your needs are getting met. 
And I know that you guys are going to have great energy when you bring it back together after getting your needs met. And it's all love. So sweet. (laughs) I was there with her. (laughs) Yeah. So sweet. And even you sharing, saying the word insecure, because I think that was one of the words that I was looking for before is that insecurity, Mm -hmm. that there's something lacking in them or that there's something that they are not enough when in reality, that's not true. That's not it. That's not what it is. For the most Mm -hmm. part, I would say that there's sometimes if we're just using this kind of male, female dynamic here, sometimes there is a frequency in sex or a certain kind of exchange that maybe they don't want to ask from you. I was going to say, yes, there could be a kink they need to explore that you actually wouldn't get off on. Well, if you love them, why would you not want them to get that? And maybe you have ones of yours that you need to get fulfilled in an extra marital way or whatever. And I think that they sometimes get a little nervous. Like the men might be ashamed and it's not up to their partner to determine. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, what, well, they just need to tell me and then we it would all be okay. But that's not how it works. Shame doesn't work that yeah. way. Processing yep. it and healing it and all that, it doesn't work that way. It looks like all over the place. And so Oh my God, first, can I? Yeah. Yeah, that's such a good point to make. It's like, gosh, can we all just, I don't know go a little easier on ourselves and each other. I like to think that everyone's doing their best. I was going to say that reminded me of one of the, I guess, I don't know if I would say like complaint, that's not the right word. One of the worries, I guess, that a lot of men tell me about, usually they tell me after they've orgasmed. It's so funny. People are like so nervous. And then once they come, they start really opening up (laughs) and relaxing. Mm -hmm. A lot of times what they're so grateful that I can do for them is just that I can receive their compliments and their adoration. And they share with me that they feel like their wives can't receive, like they're blocking it because they're insecure or something. They don't believe they're that beautiful as the man is telling them. So like, that's another thing I'd want to say to the women listening is believe them and receive it. If they're trying to worship you, let it in, or maybe make it a little easier for them to worship you if you're not. Because they want to, like, if we're speaking to like this male, female dynamic, we keep going back to like hetero, you know, generally speaking, like they get off on making you feel good. So like, let's let them. Right. Like they're paying a lot of money to be with a professional. Go make And I imagine that they go, well, was it also good for you? Like, and they paid for this thing, which is supposed to be really all for them in some ways. By the end of it, I imagine that there's so many, they're like, but was it also good for you? Like they want to make sure that you're also taken care of. And that's a really, really big thing. That's why this conversation yes. could have like, again, the rainbow, because what you were just outlining yep. is like part two to the original question that I forgot. And then I remembered is what comes out of the men, like what comes out of, and so we're touching on the men, but I'd also be curious, like what comes from people in general? I imagine yeah. that it's a lot of thanks. Like they are the ones that have given the money for the service. And then they're just, I imagine yeah. so indebted, like they're so grateful that this even is an opportunity for them. Yes. Yes. So speaking on my own experience, it's been, and it's kind of the way I structure things. I really went into this whole sex work journey from a really empowered place where, you know, again, like I didn't in a desperate situation for the money, I certainly could use it, but like, you know, I was going to be okay, even if I didn't make a ton my first try or whatever. 
But I did things differently because I was empowered and didn't have and privileged and didn't have to just say yes to everyone financially like wise. So the way I set up my whole thing is really that I took it away from being a customer service job. I don't do it as a customer. I do because inadvertently it ends up being there. But what I sell is my enjoyment, my promise that I'm genuine and that I will guide us to something that feels good to me. Basically, like when I meet people there, I tell them, ha ha ha, you just stepped into my fantasy. Did you know that you're in my fantasy right now? We can make yours come true too. But like, I always wanted to be a courtesan and I get off on this and I reassure them that I'm here to feel good because I think that there's a misconception that it's like a hole in the wall that some guy's just going to come. It's like, no, it's that you're not going to like anything about it. Right. That I'm going to hate it. That you're going to endure, that you're going to agree reluctantly and for whatever your reasons. And then you're going to have to bear down and endure. Right. Right. Which, but I think a lot of people are doing that in their relationships. And that's why the men I think wind up going to sex work because they're partnered with someone who is bearing down, enduring for the sake of just needing the sex to get over with and done the one time a month or the every other month that it happens. And yeah, I look at that as like, and my husband and I joke the times when I am operating maybe a little bit more in the masculine energy. Um, Mm -hmm. like I, maybe it's my podcast day, like today and I'm tracking time and I'm tracking recording and I'm tracking the quiet and I'm tracking, making sure I get all these things done in my day and I'm making decisions. And in between my recordings, I'm like doing the intros and I'm just very focused and Mm -hmm. my dick is out, you know, my metaphorical dick is out, um, for Mm -hmm. the day. And so then there's a transition period that is my responsibility to put myself through before I then go enter my relationship. And I take responsibility for that. And the times when I don't do it as well, or like I need a little bit of assistance, because sometimes I'll go to my husband and I'm like, I'll put on this like sad story really quick. And I'm like, I'm having a hard time transitioning and I need your help and I don't know what to do. And so we, I add some play into it where I'm like, my dick is yeah. out and I can't put it back in and I don't know what to do. And it reduces <laughs> the situation, but we playfully call it, I'm a cactus. So like I'm in this oh. energy a lot. And when I don't transition properly, I'm combative. And everything is not everything, but I'm much easier to, I don't even really know how else to describe it because I know other people do this in relationships too, where I'll just like take things and be a little bit snarky or a little bit snippy Mm. or like I'll do things, but it's begrudgingly. And I don't bring this energy into my sex life at all. I have, I'm sure done this in the past and I don't guard my sex. Like it's a thing that you want to take from me and that you Mm. need to console yourself, but I don't actually need because that isn't fucking true. That isn't true. Right. So I don't want to learn what I've learned somewhere along the line to do those things. And so it's like, Ooh, I'm hard to, I'm hard to approach. Like I'm prickly on the outside, but really Mm -hmm. on the inside is I haven't transitioned properly. I don't feel seen, felt, heard, understood. I'm not able to meet myself and other people are not able to meet me because I have all these walls up. And so it's just, and these prickles, these like spears out and no one likes to fuck that. That's hard to fuck. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. It's ouch. So if you won't receive my compliment, and I'm trying to love you and you're being right. combative and you're not letting me in and you can't do what is necessary on your part to take responsibility, to soften up, to then bring that into your relationship and to bring that into the bedroom. If that's where you choose to have sex, then imagine what it's like to try to want to connect intimately because I know a lot of mm-hmm. men in this kind of dynamic, a lot of men use and leverage 
sex as their preferred choice of intimacy because it's really what Mm -hmm. they know. It's what was applauded during their adolescence and their childhood. It's you don't want to hug. That's for pussies. You want sex. You want to fuck. That's what we applaud. And so it's they want touch and they want love and they want this thing. And so they reach or they go for sex. And then they're partnered with someone that's like, no, like the porcupine quills or the cactus or whatever is like, stay away, all these things. So like a lot of this dynamic can be happening. So I can imagine someone who is partnered, especially if you have kids, I understand how you get to this place. A hundred percent understand. Yes. I'm drowning. I need physical touch. I don't know what to do. I'm depressed and I'm desperate. I need to go get my needs met. And women who are listening, this is a fucking need. I don't care what you got to say like, oh, you can do without sex, but it's, it is unfair to say that the person that you're partnered with can live. Sure. They, will they survive Will they live? But I know a lot of people who've gone and really to really scary places because of lack of physical intimacy. Oh, I think we can trace wars back to people not getting fucked. Right. It's fucked (laughs) up. Like this shit affects everything. When somebody has a sexual issue or repression, it affects everything. It's one of the five houses of health and it doesn't get given that because it's been made so taboo and like it's been made this property thing or this like, you know, worth thing or no, it's a health thing. Yeah. It's a need. It's a need for our health. And I feel like, man, I just feel like I want to recommend sex work to everyone. I know not everyone can make it to the travels and everything to where it's safe and legal, but you really do get that. You really get like, at least the way I offer it, a reset in intimacy, because like I have my clients in my spell sort of the whole time and they get to just relax and like watch a goddess dance slowly as she strips and like, you know, maybe take a bubble bath or something. And like, just because again, going back to how I structure it, that it's about me feeling good. Mm. Well, the pussy takes time to feel good. The pussy needs a lot of warm up. It's something that's been so skewed with movie and TV, which is why I'm so glad I'm a TV writer because I want to change this too. But you know, they always show making out to penetration in 20 seconds. Oh yeah. That's not it. Mm -mm. No, the more time you take, the juicier the pussy gets. And like, this goes for all the body parts. Like the more time you take the edging, there's a really good edging card in my deck. It's so good. It's so good. And that's part of intimacy, just like foreplay and edging and not going straight to the finish line. I feel like I give people a reset in that because of the setting, they're trusting me to be sort of the leader. So they actually kind of sit back and allow it to happen, even if maybe in their relationship, they'd been rushing or things because they're in my hands. They do kind of like listen and then they get this like reset in intimacy. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. And it's really interesting because I wish that women could watch it too. You know, like the women who wouldn't necessarily come to be your client. Yeah, but they should. I want more of them. I get some other side. It's the other, it's the other side too. You know, I went on a whole little kind of rant there and I want to make sure that the women who are listening that might've heard that, that might also get the trigger of the kind of like, well, what about, and my needs and all those, well, first you got to know what your needs are in order to get them Mm -hmm. met. Otherwise you're going to feel dissatisfied in life. 
a lot of times, mm-hmm. but to be able to witness that, I mean, I'm even hearing how you just described that. And of course I do a lot of those things for myself, but it would be so sweet and erotic. Occasionally my partner joins me in it, but not just for him to join me so that yeah. he has that experience literally with me, but from a voyeur perspective of like watching me indulge myself instead of like having it only be this solo practice where it's like, watch me prepare like my bath, which is like a beautiful ritual and watch me get in and sit with me while I read and watch me change position and watch me, you know, just admire because he will. And he will love all of it. And so even just, and your pussy will like it too. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I definitely love the goddess dominant where it's, Mm -hmm. you know, some people think the whole leather clad thing, that's a a big, like kind of misconception in some ways. It's not necessarily misconception because those are definitely out there exist as well. Yeah. But the goddess worship, I would love if you touch on that because you've said Uh, it a few times and I know what you're talking about, but I know my audience is possibly like a little like, what is she talking about? Totally, totally. So it started for me because I went to a sensual healing retreat. It was like five women only. And we worked on healing our sexual trauma. We did a lot of breath work and we worked on learning all these things about like intimacy and how we've become a culture of fast food sex. It's like straight to the finish line, watch the porn, get it done. So I kind of like went to training. It wasn't related to sex work at all. It was sensual, not sexual, but Anyways, I learned about a concept called goddess hour, which is just to give yourself any gender. It doesn't matter. Goddess hour is to give yourself an hour a day of self-care, like bathing, getting a massage, getting, doing your nails, watching a show, if that's what feels really goddessy to you. And then slowly I started becoming a goddess. This was like in my late twenties. And I just started becoming a goddess. And then in my sexual realm, I realized I do enjoy being dominant. It's just not the leather clad way. Like we said, for me, it's a nurturing dominance. So it's almost like I'm topping from the bottom because I'm still this like feminine, soft, receiving nature. But at the same time, I'm making sure everyone feels good. And like everyone, yeah, I'm gently holding our hands through the process. And so it's desires and you're, you're making space for your desires to be met. And you're the automatic assumption is that they are going to be met. They want to, they want to. Yes, 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 yes. That was a huge shift for me. I think the goddess energy is giving the cheat codes to the partner. Why would I not want to tell you exactly what I want is what I realized. I used to be like a more frigid lover who was insecure and scared to say almost anything, let alone what I desired. Now I realize, yeah, they get off on it. Like sexual partners generally want to please each other. That's generally what you're there for. Mm -hmm. So why not tell them what's feeling good? What isn't feeling good? Give them a map to get you there. Mm. Yes, please. That's what a goddess does. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm realizing now as we are at about the hour mark that I have so much more that I would love to ask you about, and maybe we will have an (laughs) opportunity for that, but maybe last couple of questions. You mentioned people coming to you and like maybe, well, I can just imagine though, that when it comes to paying for a courtesan or paying to have an experience in one of the brothels that you, that you're Mm -hmm. speaking of. 
it sounds like there is a financial commitment. So how would someone, I'm going to talk logistics here just quickly is like, how would someone know that they, let's say can afford what the type of experience Mm. that they want to have before they make the trek out there? Like, what would you suggest someone does in preparation to have an experience? Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. There's no real information online because it's pretty hard for us legally to do that. Unfortunately, the way the law is, we can't solicit. So we have to be really careful. And the only place we as courtesans are legally allowed to discuss our pricing is in person in a specific room at the brothel, a room that we are paying rent to have. So it's really proper. That's the caveat. Nothing you read online is really guaranteed info at all. But if you're going to do some online research, you could read reviews like Google reviews or Yelp reviews from people and believe the highest numbers you see. Do not believe the lowest numbers because we will laugh at you and you will walk away. (laughs) So, yeah. And then think of it as you're going on a luxury vacation for a weekend. How would you budget that in your life? And then take that budget with you. You can use credit cards or cash or what it doesn't. Yeah. Credit cards or cash. But when you get there, know that you're in a negotiation that both parties do want to make work. If you get invited to that point, if anyone invites you to that point and be prepared to negotiate, which means you might have to make concessions. You might've come in with wanting this level of activity and you have to go down on activity or you have to go down on time because you maybe can't afford or whatever. Or maybe you'll have planned such a good budget that you can get more time. But yeah, think of it as a luxury vacation. I like that. Okay, good tips. Then Mm -hmm. what would you say to someone who's listening to this and they're kind of into it? Like maybe they want to be on your side of this and like be a courtesan yeah yes yes I love it I've actually already inspired friends great (laughs) friends are doing it I want to say like let's make being a courtesan cool if you want to do it guess what you can that's what I've realized I'm pretty much a normal person I just applied and did it you can just apply and do it and try it out yeah I mean you're your own boss are there always openings for this kind of work? Oh, I'm pretty, I mean, usually because we only go for about a week at a time when we go. So like there's a rotating roster. Okay. Yeah. All right. So those are your logistics. And I would have said the same thing. And if if you're a couple and you have that fantasy, like we spoke about before of having another person come into your relationship, whatever your relationship configuration looks like, then I would suggest absolutely make this your vacation of the year that you spend, you know, X amount of money on that you like travel there very nicely and you stay at a really amazing place and you have this opportunity to have like a a nice buildup for it and know that it's going to be kind of intense. And then you're going to have your actual experience and then give yourself time to decompress on the back end. One of the great things I think about this too, is that you're not just, let's say, hooking up with someone who lives within a 10 to 20 mile radius of where you live. You'll probably never run into this person again, which feels really safe to me. And since Jordan and I have been married, we've only hired a sex worker. Nice. So it's just been what has felt the best to us. And um, it's so good. And we even did a podcast and this is tantric body work. So Mm -hmm. if I want to kind of deduce it down, it's massage that has a happy ending that I'm a part of. 
Yeah. So there wasn't any cool. penetration or anything like that, but I've now, he knew about the first one and it was the same person. And I surprised him yeah. for the second time that I did it. And the reason why I'm going there is because our relationship in marriage, marriage is new to me. I'm 34 and we've been together five years and we're trying to start our family. And so I have noticed that in my late twenties, I was like footloose and fancy free. I was like, Oh my God, I want to see every body part. I want to do all the things I had mm-hmm. multiple lovers in various locations. And then doing a relationship like Jordan and I are doing our relationship has, it's just, it's different to how I was operating before he didn't really have, he wasn't in this world before really understand, you know, branching out and having consensual non-monogamous type relationships. And for me to be where I was and for him to be where his was, it wasn't really Mm -hmm. safe yet for us to explore until we just had more to overcome and to move through as a couple. Yeah, Yeah. And then the way being in a marriage now feels, which I'm not sure if you've been married in the past, No, Um, but I've also never been married before either. And so just the feelings of being a newlywed and moving through that new dynamic and it just, it brought, I don't want to say it necessarily brought up stuff for me. I was just particularly sensitive. I was very protective, but not in like a rah, rah kind of way, but I just realized like, oh, there's more to this. There's more layers that I could not have possibly gone through before a process Mm. previously because I have not been in this season of life. And now we're going into, you know, wanting to start our family. And so I feel very protective over that. And then I'm like, okay, well, we just went, we actually went through miscarriage last year. And so we're just like on the healing journey. Yeah. And that's a healing journey. And that feels really sensitive too. And so I'm just starting to feel back myself and all these things. And then I have this big question mark, like, do I want (laughs) to play and explore pregnant? Like it's just so many question marks that I've just never been here before. And so what has actually felt better to me is to pay someone that we know about this exchange. They're not trying to take more from our relationship than we are willing to provide and maybe not even what we're willing to provide. You know, like (laughs) we have this agreement. I know what I'm getting and I get exceptional pre-care and aftercare because she's on a call with me ahead of time. She says, how can we make this the best that it can possibly be? I want you to feel good. I want your husband to feel good. And I (sighs) want it to all feel clean and yummy and all of that. And then I feel so cared for. And then she gives this gift of her energy coming in clean and open and all that. And then on the other end, the next day sending me a text, you know, and is like, how are you? what anything coming up and I'm checking on you and it's for both of us. And so I'm like, you just potentially, there's so much more that could come with that. If you choose to like go to a bar and have a few drinks and see if you can pick up a chick. Right. You know, it's so different, which we've done that too. It's yeah. It was also awkward in the past. (laughs) It's the difference between like, you know, just amateur and professional. So uh, with a professional is going to come all those things you described, the aftercare, like so nice. Yeah. And I've loved it so much. And Jordan really hasn't gotten to experience me and my love for other women and my attraction and just wanting to be sensual and soft and in that way with other women. And it's kind of, it was kind of sad to me at times, you know, considering if I go into a monogamous heteronormative type of relationship, will I not get to feel the connection with another woman, the soft, supple, creative, beautiful kind of connection and energy, warm, yummy, juicy, all of it. 
There's something so special about even just being not even necessarily in a sexual way, but a deeply sensual kind of Mm -hmm. way. Um, And just the idea of not having that, just like that limerence that I was speaking about before, like the idea of not having that again in life is sad. Too sad. Yeah. I'm like, don't do it. Don't do it. I won't. (laughs) Too sad. And the thing is we're willing to do the work, whatever the work entails in order for us to really get the things that matter. And some of it I'm willing to put on a shelf for now because of where we're at in life. And the consistent conversation lets me know that we're still with each other and that this will probably change in two years, five years, 10 years. Everything does. And we're down. You know, it feels really good to know, you know, like I'm in a partnership where we're just generally down. I love that. I love that. I, I always recommend to couples and I've lived this out myself, like to give yourself containers of time until something feels safe. Like I did a container of monogamy for six months with my ex so that we got to know each other. We felt safe. Then we opened it up that was the right timeline for us, but it's nice to keep the door open. Like we started with at the beginning, just keep that crack so that you don't feel like you're getting repressed Yeah. in the meantime. Cause you're not, you're being conscious about it and stuff's working under yeah. the surface. All mm-hmm. right. So my next question is just a personal curiosity because you yeah. are living this like beautiful, big sexually expressed life out loud in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so mentioning the multiple partners and just different things. So I'm curious, is there a fantasy in there that looks anything like what my life looks like? Oh my gosh. I love that question. I think it looks something like what your life looks like, but not exactly because I don't picture myself getting married. I lived vicariously through one of my sister's weddings, I really got the feeling of the wedding. Um, (laughs) it was mine. (laughs) It's probably better the way you felt it. Right. right? I I don't ever want to do that again. (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) So I don't think the marriage, but I do have a fantasy of having a long-term partner with openness, Mm. long-term romantic partner with openness. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I imagine that there was possibly, yeah. and this was definitely my curiosity, but people listening, like what happens next for her? You know, next, this is what yeah. life is now. Like, does I mean, she want some of the normal stuff, quote unquote, normal. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. I'm definitely making my own normal. Cause I have yeah. like consistency now and stuff. And man, my life is actually more stable than it's ever been. And I'm a whore. It's like, <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> I love it. But like for now, I mean, yeah. I don't know. Just to, I just feel like I want to give the listener context. Like I come from a kind of poverty background of a family that had eight kids and no money. So like kind of a scrappy upbringing and then like spent most of my twenties working a million jobs on the side of acting and writing to now I'm like, I live alone in a two bedroom in Los Angeles. Like we're doing good. And I fuck who I want. So, you know, the fantasy right now is like for things to stay right here. (laughs) I'm loving it. But eventually it would be extra hot if somebody who I like dated long-term got off on this side of me. I want someone who gets off on it. They are not just okay with me being like this. They get off on me Mm. and my sexual prowess. Yeah. And I would say if I can throw in a little dash in there yes, that I please. desire for you is that they're willing yes. to like, they get off on riding the roller coaster with you, you know, yeah. like, as a feminine being, you're going to change your mind. You're going to go a little over mm-hmm. here, a little over there, maybe even further into not knowing mm-hmm. that there's even more that you can do or even further that you can go. And like, that just is like, no matter what 
you look like and feel like and who you are on the journey, they're like, I fucking love it. Every single thing yes. about you and where you're going and where you've been. Yeah, that feels good. Thank you for that. Also, I will say like, I think it's awesome that you have a built-in partnership. I just want you to know that your life is glamorous too. Like, oh, yeah. I think it's awesome that you have that caring and yeah. that person who's there for you and you can watch movies together. Like I don't watch movies with anyone right now, you know? <laughs> Good. I could, but I'm like, right, So who I wants don't. to go to Gigi's house? Who like, wants to, like, who's going to sign up? Who's going to meet, meet her at the, at the ranch with their laptop, yeah. roll in a 60-inch TV and be like, I'm here to fulfill your fantasy. Yeah. Also, here's some money. Here's the movie and money. <laughs> oh shit! You know what? You're right. I could just manifest it. That works too. Fuck yeah, that works too. Okay. So that. my last last little bit, and I'm gonna have to like okay. rein myself in to. I'm sad. It's ending. Me yeah. too. Me too. This is easily. I mean, I know that we're only in like February at the point where we're recording <laughs> this, but this is easily my favorite conversation of the year so far. <laughs> It, so might, honored. it might be one of, cause it's just very, it's very interesting. It's yeah. Very I think deep. we've all wondered about this. I think yeah. we've all had sex work fantasies to some degree. So yeah. like getting the inside scoop. I mean, I'm fascinated. I'm just as fascinated as you are. I also imagine that there's some women out there that generally whoever they're partnered with, they might feel like run down and touched out. And they're probably like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just going to maybe even just send go. This, yeah. Maybe even send this to their partner and be like, can you go here? <laughs> oh my God. Yes, they can should you just go here, please. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Let's see what happens. It's going to be interesting. I, I just, I feel like I wanted to touch on how pretty much anybody could feel about listening to this. And of yeah, course I know there's yeah. so much more. So you've mentioned now yeah. several times that you are also a writer and there's so much more to mm -hmm. you. You've made your deck. You're a very spiritual-esque kind of person. You have your sound mm -hmm. bowls in your room and um, had a podcast for a long time that was amazing called Basic Witches. You referenced yourself as a witch. Like there's so much to you. Yeah. And it's incredible. And so I just, I want to get a little bit of the rest of the work that you're inspired to do in the world. And that's the changes totally. for women and others that you hope to inspire as a result of this other big work that you're doing. Yeah, totally. Okay. Thank you so much for giving me the space to do that. You know, my mission is that through my art, people are inspired to feel less shame and to have more play and pleasure to get out of their heads and get into their bodies so that's pretty obvious when I am have my courtesan hat on. When I have my writer hat, it looks like these erotic stories that I've been sharing. So check out my Cosmopolitan page. I have, I've been writing a lot of work for Cosmopolitan and they're stories inspired by true events. So you can get another behind the scenes look at my sex life. And they're all, I'm so excited because they're all told from this empowered place that I'm living in. And I have upcoming a limited series podcast, so it will be free to everyone because you have to pay to read my Cosmo writing. <laughs> Pretty proud of that. I'm like, yes, you should pay for my art. But anyways, it's in the juiciest section of the mag. I have a free podcast coming out. That's a series of radio plays that are all erotic. So you'll get to like listen to a story happen and they range from alien stories to like witchy to just voyeur exhibitionist. Like I'm exploring so much in my writing and I hope that you'll keep up with me. I hope you see me creating an original show for HBO at some point. Mm, fuck yes. I'll hold that vision for you yeah. as well.
Thank you. Along with the love, we're holding on the vision, right? We're bringing that yes. to the ranch also. HBO yes. <laughs> I imagine that there's going to be a handful of people that wind up listening to this show and you fucking change their life. Oh, you change their yes. life from both sides. That makes me so happy. Oh. I can feel it. I Thank feel you. It. Thank you, Alexa. Well, we did it together. So thank you. <laughs> I'm so glad we were able to make this work, even though we had to reschedule a couple of times because I moved out to the country and I had to figure out Wi-Fi challenges and you're so <laughs> gracious in the reschedule and everything. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to make it work. Gigi, fuck Me yes. Too. Thank you for the work that you do fuck in the world. Yes. Thank you for how you thank show you. up. I even love how much you owned your worth and your value through this. And especially then hearing that little yeah. tack on at the end of you being one of many children and growing up impoverished and all those things that feels even better just to like, my applaud gets even a little louder, you know, you own <laughs> yeah. that value and own that worth and are like, yes, I live in yeah. this apartment and I do this and like, this is life. And so I just, I want to stay up to date, you know, and, and yeah. all of your unfoldings and happenings and erotic audios. Yes. I was just featured in a magazine where I was responding to questions. It was an interview in a magazine for Valentine's day, which was really cool. But the editor of the magazine was asking me for various resources. And, you know, one of them, I, what I try to do, what I try to do is give, you know, all the different places people like to learn or the ways people like to learn. Some people are tangible. Some people are audio. Some people are visual. It's all these different things. And so I sometimes am challenged by, and I only have limited resources when it comes to erotic audios that I really love. And so I'm so grateful that I have this resource in you very soon with this limited series too. So I'm so excited for your work. You're doing an aspect of the work that is under, you know, an umbrella that I'm kind of housed under, but it isn't the work that I would do. And so I'm very happy to shout you from the roof and I guess I, anyone I should let to. you and listeners know that it, the show is called sex and the synchronicity yeah so it's a play on you know sex in the city all the stories are powerful and magical and sexy and I think you'll love them <sighs> yes maybe I'll bring that to the bath time and yes Jordan oh my god sit yes. on the side and we can listen to anyway because your voice is yummy also so, hot yeah. thank you that, that whole setup would be so hot you should do it yeah Gigi thank you so much Thank much. you so much. This was amazing. It was a pleasure. And so if people want to find you, where do you want them to, to find you at? Oh man, you can just go to ggsauvage.com and get to all the places and all the things. You can get to my OnlyFans and my Instagram, my Twitter, everything. Mm. Yes. Love it. Again, thank you so much. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.